0: This week's episode of Query is sponsored by Daniel's Husband. Daniel's Husband is a new play, now in performances at the West Side Theater in New York City. Daniel and Mitchell are the perfect couple. They've had the perfect wedding, too, except that Daniel believes in same-sex marriage and Mitchell does not. Sometimes love is not enough. Daniel's Husband is one of the New York Times plays to see this fall. Visit DanielsHusband.com for tickets. This is a show about individual experience and personal identity. There may be times when folks use identifying words or phrases that don't feel right to you. That's part of what we're exploring here. Please listen with an open heart, and as always, I welcome your polite, engaged feedback, and I encourage you to continue the conversation in your own life and with your own community. Welcome to Query. Hey, Queeros, Cammy here. Guess what? You can you still have time to see me in Washington, D.C. on October 27th, or in Denver, the first through third of November. Or you could come see me in St. Louis on the 9th or New York on November 10th. This week's episode is a chat with Reese Bernard. Reese is the human being behind autostraddle.com, which is like my go-to site for uh, lesbianism on the internet. (laughs) But they also cover stuff uh, for bi folks, for non-binary folks, for me, the stuff I'm interested in, autostraddle.com truly is of a site that I have read and and do read, and and I was so happy to meet Reese a couple years ago and then to sort of develop a relationship, and I'm grateful for their work. So please enjoy this episode. I've been feeling wrong, but I'm still on, darling, I know, I know, I know it's careless. You live in Los Angeles I now. do know. I do. How's yeah, that me. going?
1: It's good. I live in West Hollywood. Yeah. So it's just like... The L word. <laughs> it is just like the L yeah, exactly word, which like was that. shot
0: in Vancouver. Yeah, um, you know, I, what I, I
1: just went to Vancouver last week.
0: Oh my god! First of all, I love Vancouver. Also, I had uh, a really amazing experience where somebody recently told me that the pool uh-huh. at Bettina's house—yeah, that's a soundstage. Yeah, yeah. I I don't yeah, know why is. I I don't know why I thought. Look, it's been a minute since I've watched the show. Right. And I couldn't identify sound stages at the time. You know what I mean? I was just yeah. like, I can't wait mm-hmm. for all this stuff to be real and for me to go there. Right, yeah. Um, but that pool is uh, – that's not even outside.
1: No. Well, we went to the, uh, like, forest, I guess, in Vancouver uh-huh. where they dumped Dana's ashes. Uh-huh, yep. To find and she was like in them, the rainbow. Yeah. She was yeah, like, yeah, I'm we trying- still here. Yeah, we looked at the waterfall. I was just dissuaded for <laughs> her to kind of, like, speak to us and, and bring us. But there was, like, a man – who was trying to take a picture of the waterfall for a different reason, who was in our way, and I was just like, this is so symbolic. Yeah. This is why Dana died. Yeah. Um, (laughs) I mean, it wasn't, but you know what I mean? No, yeah, it was. It was like Um, I was re-traumatized. I don't want you to – I don't want
0: to miss the opportunity to tell you that um, Rhea and I once stood behind Aaron Daniels and Pizza Restaurant. Oh, wow. Waiting to order pizza. Uh Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, like definitely made like a chill – but big deal about it between the two of us. Like I don't think she, she I don't think she noticed. But do you think she sees like we
1: two women with short hair and is like, oh god?
0: Yeah, I think, she, I, think I think she sees one woman. <laughs> I think she sees any. I think she sees anybody with short hair or long She's, hair. I think she sees yeah. anybody with the with like because you're also wearing like um, a t-shirt with the sleeves cut off, like a low armholes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're so. wearing it. The sleeves are cut off, but mm-hmm. the armholes
1: are low. Yeah, that's. That's fucking gay. Yeah, that's so. Even though I have long hair, it's like a signal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like I like get this, what's going you know, on. Yeah, you know, I'm like. But oh. I did shave my armpits today. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Oh, but and I'm that not gay either way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah can, I never, every way anyone wants to express themselves is um, queer?
0: You know, I want to uh, yeah. have. I always. I love to have folks on the show. My guests introduce themselves. Would mm-hmm. you? Would you introduce yourself? Uh,
1: yes, uh, my name is Reese, and I am the co-founder and CEO, and editor-in-chief of autostraddle.com um, and also A Camp.
0: Yeah, will you tell us a little bit more about Autostraddle
1: and also ACAMP? I'll, I'll ask those as two questions. Okay. Hey, what's Autostraddle? <laughs> I know what it is, but could you tell our listeners? Um, Autostraddle is a website uh, for <laughs> – that's why it's a dot .com. That's what it I get it. If you say I, that was some cueing that I understood, yes. It comes up in crossword puzzles sometimes, yeah. so we, you know, <laughs> although EDU comes up more often. But anyway, um, yeah, Autostraddle.com is a website for LGBTQ women um, and also non-binary people more so. Uh, Not more so. I mean, more and more lately, as that has become more of a thing. And um, we have been existing since 2009. Um, I'll say we're the most popular website for queer women in the world. And someone will probably say I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure I'm right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And yeah, we basically were sort of, uh, in a way, I started it like it was, there's all these magazines for straight women i mean they're for all women but they're for straight women um and autostraddle was sort of intended to be like that there wasn't something that covered like all the information that that a person would want for their life so it's like a general interest magazine but for queer women and a camp is a camp it's a camp that we throw for um our community of readers not everyone who goes to a camp is from autostraddle but um It's run by Autostraddle staff, and then we also have, like, special guests, and we do – it's, like, a mix of, like, conference-style stuff and then, like, camp-style stuff and then just, like, gay stuff. There's, like, dance parties, and there's, like, panels about gender, and there's, like, friendship bracelets, and then there's, like, you know, dildo workshops or whatever, you know? I've been to this, and I think the vibe is kind of, like, this is the thing we didn't
0: have. Yeah. When we were, um, like, the age where summer camp would happen, Mm -hmm. and then we were kind of forced into a situation where, like – We were mostly erased or whatever or, or, you know, so so it's like all the stuff you'd think about like it actually is a camp Mm -hmm. with like little cabins and stuff like this. There's the outdoors is around you. It's not a soundstage. (laughs) Uh, And um, there's like community meals and things like that and then um, things that harken back to camp in terms of like what the types of crafts are and things like that. But then there's the more – but then there's, like, the adult things that we'd yeah, be interested in workshops. now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. exactly.
1: Um, yeah, and a lot of the people who go to camp don't have any queer community or it's the first time they've been around other queer women in their life, um, which is really transformative um, just to find that community. And a lot of people, they do have queer communities at home, but there's something special about camp and the camp environment and the friends they've made at camp. Um, and we have a lot of people who, like, now almost their whole friend group, like, goes to camp, and they go back every year to see How many see years each other. have you been running it? It's, like, I'm going to guess four, five? Yeah. Um, we, our first one was in 2012, April okay. 2012. So what is? What I'm gonna say is that's go ahead. That go was ahead, ahead was like and, and say five or ago. six,
0: depending on. Yeah, I don't understand how time works. Anyway. Um,
1: yeah. But uh, friend, how many people go to a camp? Um, around this last camp, we had I think 350 campers. And they're like from all over the world. Um. They're from, yeah, they're from all over the world. Uh, We did a camp and we moved it to Wisconsin for two camps and now we've moved it back to California. We've moved it to Ojai, which this really beautiful site, it's wonderful. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, and we are able to have a lot more campers there because we always sell out. Camp usually fills up within 24 hours of registration going up. And so we wanted to find a bigger site also. Um, And it had like actually good food, which was wonderful, so that we didn't all feel like we were dying by the end. Because usually by the end it's like we're tired and hungover and – Um, Like dead Like full of love But also dead Physically dead Um, Yeah so it's They're from They range in age From 18 To our oldest camper Was 72 Um, Most campers Are in their like Mid 20s Early 30s Uh, And like a lot of people Do it like they graduate College then they go right To their first camp Or whatever So it's really fun I love it It's a really cool um, Space When is the next one? Next year
0: Like month wise? Do you know? Like summer? It's summer, right? Vague? Uh, it's
1: into the summer. Yeah. Okay. We're, we're, there, it, might, it might be in June. It might be in August. Okay. We're sort of like figuring out the dates right now. And
0: when is that stuff usually announced? Just so like listeners could, would know oh. like when to pay attention to look. You know, that's a
1: good question. And I would say if they go to acamp.org, they can put their name in to a slash camp.org. They can put their name in to get an email when we announce it. That's the easiest thing in the world. isn't that great? Yeah. Put your email in, and then Mm -hmm. you'll know. But I think probably within the next month or two, we will announce when the dates will be. And then registration usually opens in January, end of January. Because if you do it earlier than that, then you get taxed on all of that money before you've given it to the people that you owe it to. Oh, yeah. What about also,
0: like, general pricing like what is the how much does it cost to go to AQ?
1: um i think it's between like 600 and 700 dollars um but it's five nights so it ends up being like super super cheap per day like per night because in it's terms inclusive of, what you're of like food and stuff. yeah yeah you get all your meals the incredible range of programming like all of the special guests all of everything that's included is like significantly cheaper than literally any other event that we're aware of existing um it sounds expensive because it is like a little bit It's a longer chunk of time than things usually are. Things usually last like a weekend. But we really want to indoctrinate you. Mm -hmm. You know, you can't really like bring someone into your cult in two days. (laughs) You need five days for that.
0: Well, friends should go to a slash camp dot org and Mm -hmm. they should sign up with their email addresses. But I want to talk more about um, you and starting auto straddle Mm -hmm. and – like
1: where and why where were you living at the time when you I, started it I was living in New York New York and it was 2009 so Obama had just won and the economy was falling apart and I'd always sort of wanted to like run my own magazine you know and growing up I was like I'm gonna start like a teen version of Vogue when I'm older you know and then like someone else you like thanks Tavi <laughs> yeah um someone else started
0: Teen Vogue um, um no, so wait. You, what were you doing in the rest of your life in two thousand and nine? What was your life like? <laughs> uh, what was my
1: life like? Um, I was. Did you have like a background in like? writing and stuff like like journalism, things like that? (laughs) Yes, I was writing. I did write. I had been a writer. I did freelance writing. I had a blog. I had a personal blog that I'd been running since 2006 that had sort of like taken off. This was like during the like personal blogging boom, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, and so I had sort of built a following through that and also made friends through that, and that also went along with I was doing L Word recaps. And what was the... Oh, like yeah. Was that what was the content on the blog on your personal blog? It was just about m- me and my life and my feelings and my friends. <laughs> you know. Yeah, I thought I was funny and good. People liked it. Yeah, it got several views. And then you also had Elward recaps. Recaps. Yeah. Where where were those? Um, on the Elward Online, which was the L Word's number one fan site. Yeah. <laughs> so, so in 2009, at the time. So, like, so, yeah, I had built up a big group of friends around, like, through the L Word Recaps and stuff, including my then-girlfriend, Alex, who I met through L Word Recaps, um, my friend, Carly, who had started, you know, yeah, you know these people, who I started it with, you know, she was on the founding team. So, basically, everyone on the founding team was somebody that I would met, like, somehow through my recaps or whatever, um, and also writing for rchart.com. Our chart, our Do you remember rchart?
0: Uh Yes, I, I do remember our, our chart.com. Yeah, Could yeah. you
1: tell listeners who are
0: children? <laughs> My children, I mean like in their mid to late 20s Everyone what is you're so talking about?
1: <laughs> young now. Or no, I mean, I'm so old now. Um, yes, they, the L word, let's just. Can this just be an L Word podcast? <laughs> yeah, that's what this is. Um, so the, the L Word, Word w- which it, is a television show. The L Word. It was a television show that you could watch on your television uh-huh. or you could get DVDs in the mail from yep. Netflix. I'm going to watch them that way. Um, or you could order it on eBay and it could be shipped to you from like a very far away country and it could take three weeks. So you could spend all of those three <laughs> weeks just like and dying for them to arrive. Um. So, or you could illegally download it on LimeWire. Yes, you could. Just oh, what Lime my Wire. girlfriend LimeWire. did at the time. Thank you, <laughs> Melanie. <laughs> Continue. Uh, and, oh, right, our chart. So on the L word, they ba- made a chart, which is what uh, lesbians do to see that they've all like made out with the same people. Yeah, they drew like a flow chart where mm-hmm. it was like, these are all the people that have fucked each other and, yeah. and look how we're all connected. Mm-hmm. And so then the. Elward, I believe Eileen Shaken and the other powers that be decided, let's just start like a whole website called our chart, and we'll it'll have a chart on do it, it, and then yeah. it'll be like content like you know, the column like any normal website that will have like normal blog posts and content and stuff. And it was it was run like everyone who ran it was named Beth for some reason. Which in retrospect, like maybe there was just one Beth, you know? <laughs> but um the Royal Beth. The Royal Beth. <laughs> yeah. So they and there was a chart on it they were trying to build that functionality. The thing, the weird thing about our chart was that it was constantly broken. Like it didn't work as a website. Like there was a lot of like bugs in it and stuff, which is, you know, had Showtime money. Like there's bugs on our website, but we don't have Showtime money. Uh, and no one wanted to actually surprise. It also was 2009. So it's like, yeah. what is a website? <laughs> right. Right. So surprisingly <laughs> enough, not everybody wanted to put into the website who they had had sex like with. Like with first and last names, addresses yeah. and social security. Yeah, no, one wanted, no one really wanted to do that. So that didn't really work. Um, it lasted for, like, two years, I'd say. They had, like, a brutal rivalry with After Ellen, and, mm. which I believe, like, came to a head at some dinosaur Olympics event or something. Oh, my God. I, yeah. I don't know anything that you're talking about, but it's doesn't right, sound but like it sounds right? Nice, it sounds right. Yeah, it, it sounds, sounds correct. Yeah it sounds correct. <laughs> yeah, it sounds correct. Even if it's not correct, it should have been correct. And uh, you can make things through by saying them. Um, yeah, so our chart. It it, it burned brightly. It did so not. So you were like,
0: I have covered L-word recaps. Yes, I have written for yes. Arts. I have a personal blog. Yes. Oh, this and is- I was doing
1: a I was doing a web uh, YouTube show with Showtime called Lesbrado, where they came to my house and filmed me talking about the L-word, and then they edited it and put it on the Showtime website with a screen cap of like two actresses having lesbian sex, so it would get millions of views of men who were expecting. Lesbian sex, and instead they got me with I had very like you know short hair, did Nike, they have haircut like haircut at the time? Was there
0: like a public public comment board? Oh under this? yeah!
1: Oh, there sure was. Oh yeah. my god! Did you ever look at those? Yeah, I sure did. What did they say? Um, there were a lot of people who wanted. I, I mentioned my mom being gay on it, so they they had feelings about what they would do to my mom, um, and also to me. There was. There were a lot of rape threats which it was like we don't get to watch lesbian sex in this video so now we're going to come for you. Holy shit. Yeah, it was brutal cuz this is like this this was like when Showtime would put it up it would be literally like the most popular video on YouTube that day.
0: Oh my god. So and was your full name attached to this? No. Like okay, cuz that actually that actually <laughs> makes Oh my
1: God. <laughs> I was starting to get so sweaty. That makes me feel so, that makes me feel better. Okay, okay. But a lot of, most people are just mad. They're like, this is, you know, where's this, blah, blah, blah. And then people, there would be, every now and then there'd be a lesbian and they'd be like, how dare you like Jenny, you know? Yeah. And I'm like, honestly, like, thank you for, thank all your thank you for not running feedback. to write me yeah. with a broken glass bottle. Oh my God. Jenny's great, though. So wow. that was my first experience with like that part of the internet. But it, which, and not, um, but most of the stuff I do on the internet is like very into the, is very on the queer lesbian side of things so it's not very often that straight men have the opportunity to share their emotions
0: wow. with me on there yeah also, I know you that thought that would be
1: a light funny question to ask no no
0: I'm, I'm in, no I didn't think it. oh comments <laughs> yeah no no oh, I okay. I have seen comments, yeah, you've seen, you've seen comments. <laughs> I have seen comments um I used to write this column for the AV club mm-hmm. and um when it first started people were like so rad yeah and then um, and then I like wrote twice, yeah. you know what I mean? And then in both <laughs> columns, I was gay. Yeah. like it was just like in the first one I was gay. Then the second one still gay. I was still gay. yeah. Um, and so then, uh, then it started to take a turn. Yeah, and I don't I don't really read comments, but sometimes the, the AV Club um, editors who are really, really nice people, would be worried about me yeah would be like worried about something that they had seen and they would kind of let me know about it or sometimes it would go on a different social media platform Ooh, yeah. and then um I would be tagged in comments and like I right now I'm like really distant from social media yeah. but I used to be I used to be like m- more reachable yeah and so I would see the comic the comments that Came through where I was just mm-hmm. like linked.
1: I think I feel like there was something. There was some time you talked about internet comments. Maybe it was after seeing take my wife. Mm. And I remember I looked up like one of your old AV Club it's, columns it's just to brutal. read the comments and see what that. And I was like, wow, because because people there are usually they're not YouTube. They're very anonymous, right? I mean, it's AV its Club own, they're anonymous, but they also they have its own their community. commenter. Yeah, it's like its they own have their community. commenter yeah, things. But what's funny is like that kind of stuff doesn't really get to me. Yeah. It's more the stuff from my, like the stuff that like makes me cry and makes me want to leave the internet and makes me feel like everything is pointless are other queer women.
0: Oh, I hear that. Actually, and I, number one, like I want to talk about that more. I I also think like it it also is like a self cleaning oven where like there were also people who were coming in and like saying really kind things. So I don't think it's what, I think what surprised me about it, the only thing that surprised me about it was um, the level of frustration that these columns continued to exist because yeah. also I got so much positive feedback about it. Like I know a lot of comics read it and people that I really care about and respect would tell me that they had read it and really mattered to them or it would be like shared a lot in this really positive way. So it's mm-hmm. not like I wasn't seeing positivity. Yeah, I think what um, what I found weird about it is that it's it's just so avoidable. Like mm-hmm. a single post on a website, even if it's a website that you care about, is, is so avoidable. And I, I think that that was my first exposure to People being that angry that I had any sort of platform. And it was like one of the first um, companies that mm-hmm. gave me space. Yeah. So it was really just like they were angry with the company mm-hmm. for giving me one, one, one tiny portion that of, they this, chose to read. of this extremely mm-hmm. vibrant site yeah. that, that is constantly refreshed. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, that person went there. Yeah, read the whole thing, mm-hmm. and so I guess I just I think I I started to wonder about um what people's days are like and yeah. like, how much time they have mm-hmm. and um how avoidable some stressors are because I yeah. think like we have so many stressors in our life mm-hmm. that are not avoidable yeah and to me I'm like I was just made me so sad like good God like just then just get
1: the get away yeah, from this. don't read it. like it's like, weird you do that, not need yeah, to be here they're like you just wasted five minutes of my life I'm like I think you wasted five minutes of your own yes. life buddy you know what I mean yeah like. And, I mean, the first, like, publicity I ever got for anything, which was for my personal blog, would be on Gawker. Mm-hmm. And Gawker kind of, like, just inevitably roasts you, you know? Right. Um, but I don't know. That was mostly fine, too, because, I mean, of course, the straight straight men are going to, like, have a certain take on things. And I knew how, like, a lot of my writing, which would seem frivolous because it's about, like, lesbian girl stuff, like, would seem or be framed. You know what I mean? Um, oh, that's how it was framed? Frivolous? Sometimes. Lee? Sometimes. As, as frivolous? Yeah. But that was sort of – I mean, that was Gawker – you know, and I appreciate Gawker, and I miss Gawker, and I I think that they did add a lot of, no, I wouldn't say goodness to the world, but they were smart, they were a smart site that did a lot of good writing, I think, and had and like elevated a lot of really great writers. Um, but yeah, it was at that time like they were very 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 snarky. Um, but that yeah, that YouTube thing was the fir- was definitely the first time that I got like the really like intense stuff. But it didn't it didn't feel personal, you know what I mean? Right. Like. Can you talk to me about what you're saying about – because you were
0: saying like what bothers me is like the feedback from queer Mm -hmm. women. What are you talking about there? And you can be – you also can be like, eh, this is like too much or too painful or I don't want to talk about this or Um,
1: I don't want to make people feel – I mean I think – But I'm curious. Like – We've kind of talked about this before. Yeah. 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 I don't know if you've ever gotten weird feedback from (laughs) queer women. Um, But uh, yeah. I mean our own community I think is the most critical of – us in a way that is, um, doesn't always come with a lot of good faith. Um, you know, this, there's this very much like you, like sort of scanning something to find what's like problematic or, you know, what you are doing wrong to, or it's hard to talk about because, I mean, this is like something I basically talk about it every day because it's something that we're always dealing with. Um, but the sort of like call out culture, I think is not, incredibly productive, and maybe it was at one point, but I think it's sort of devolved. Um, and there's this very black and white way of like looking at things and a lack of nuance in how think people look at things. But at the same time, it's hard because there are also so many more people who are giving us positive feedback and saying, I really like this piece. And there are people, a lot of people, like a lot of our more, who are able to say like, I like this piece, like this part of it bothered me. And they're able to say that without saying the, my least favorite phrase on the internet, which is really autostraddle, really you know, or like I, sure. And it's like, do you really think that we're sitting like if we, we've make mistakes all the time and we will acknowledge that we made that mistake. Um, but, but sometimes it just feels like people are just like out to, I don't know, I guess I there's, I, I would say there's like bigger targets in the world that probably feel very overwhelming. Hmm. And so it's easier just to sort of like attack the people who are very accessible and we're very accessible because we actually respond to people.
0: I think it's, for sure that – my exp- I had a really interesting conversation one time with um, Ann Friedman. I don't know if you know her. Yeah, yeah, she yeah. has a podcast I called love Call Aunt Your me. Girlfriend and she's so smart. And um, she, I was talking to her a little bit about like um, how to understand feedback, feedback that is coming from people I actually want to make adjustments mm-hmm. for because like like you're saying, if it's feedback from like – some random faceless commenter that's just like saying a violent and terrible thing to you. I'm not that there's no response yeah. to that. That's a you can yeah. you can ignore that. Mm-hmm. But then there is feedback that like you want to honor or mm-hmm. you want to adjust to or that has validity to it, mm-hmm. but it it can be hard just to figure out like how to take that in or where to take that on or even how to acknowledge that you've received it yeah. in a way that feels um uh like it's also allowing you to be a person, yeah. And so, and just had this interesting thing that she said to me, where she's like, "Well, it's it's also partially because you are stating your mission, mm-hmm. like you know, on this podcast, I'm like, I am openly trying to represent our community, mm-hmm. like I am, which is something that Autostraddle is also doing. Like, yeah, you are openly saying like." like this is for us. And yeah. so when you take that mantle on, mm-hmm. then people who are in the community that don't feel served by it, like they do have a right to say yeah. like I don't feel served mm-hmm. by this. That's a real thing. It it is just hard sometimes when you're like just a human being that has mm-hmm. to like um uh like take a shower eventually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. To figure out like how to yeah. how to um meet the needs of how to fill fill a void that you perceive Mm -hmm. like it's like if auto straddle didn't exist then like well that Mm -hmm. would that would suck more
1: than auto straddle missing the mark which is sometimes all we come down to like well do you want us to go away is that it you know it's like a relationship fight where you're just like just break up with me (laughs) you know and it's like well that's productive yeah Um, I also it's so easy to like start this conversation
0: because you and I like know each other and we've had this conversation It's it's so easy to go with like uh this is the thing we both know is oh. frustrating and I mm-hmm. want to make sure to also like give you a chance to talk about how fu- how much your your job fucking rules because right, I that's true. I also know that you um I can't even imagine what it's like cuz I well, some of my stuff is on the internet, right? Like I have albums that are mm-hmm. on Spotify or you can watch my special web jokes just like at esposito.com mm-hmm. Like there's things that are – that I have tried to create like a low barrier to entry. But yeah. a lot of times I have to be in the room in yeah. order to do my job. Yeah. Um, and I mean also this podcast is great because it goes all over the world and it's free. Yeah. Um, but what I, what I could imagine is – I mean I, I actually can't imagine what it's like to create something that like for so many people you must be – the only or an extremely important resource. Uh-huh.
1: And I mean, how often do you hear that feedback? Um, a lot. Yeah, a lot. I, I mean, I would say every day we do get that feedback. And that's, I mean, that's what makes it worth it, obviously, because um, it's not easy work at all. Um, and it does sort of take over your life. Um, but knowing like the people that we touch and the people who are, have been able to find community and find friends and find self-esteem and find confidence in who they are and what they – how they identify and stuff through autostraddle is like, you know, why, why I get up in the morning, you know. Um, and it makes my life feel worth living, I guess, and meaningful. Um, and it's kind of like when I was in uh, middle school, I was very depressed because, you know, it was like the grunge era. Um, and I was 13 and I remember just saying, I think I wrote in my diary, like, I was like, if I live, if I live to be an adult, I want to dedicate my life to like making girls feel better about themselves because of how I felt about myself. And so that's what I wanted to do. And whenever I feel like I'm doing that, um, then I feel like I've accomplished something and like hopefully made the world about like made, it's, it's cool to think we've been around long enough that there are like people everywhere who are gay because we told them it was okay you know, and are like happy and living because we told them it was okay. And that's really great. And it's also great to be able to like elevate the work of other people who wouldn't necessarily have a platform to have it. And I think that's part of um, when it comes to like representation conversations. um, We like, I want to make every queer woman of every and every sub identity within feel good about themselves. Like that is what our mission is essentially. Um, And often if we're not meeting that standard, it's not be, it's because either we don't it's because we don't have a lot of money.
0: I was actually just going to ask, I was going to ask if you're, and I don't know this,
1: are you able to pay your writers? Yeah. Are you able to pay the folks that work at A Camp? Mm-hmm. Uh, no. We pay the, we're able to pay the talent who comes to A Camp and then the staff of A Camp is like volunteers. All their expenses are covered, you know, their travel and their food and everything like that. But um, they don't get like paid to work at the camp. Although that's not necessarily unusual for that type of event, sure. you know, even like um, the, there was like a les like a lesbian family cruise thing i used to go on a lot cuz i had a friend who was friends with the person who ran it and like even the people who like worked on the cruise didn't get paid for it but just getting to go
0: yeah, yeah. You well, know? that's also like in kind payment yeah. versus like if um, and I also wasn't that wasn't coming with like a fuck you because oh, yeah. I, I know how hard it is to yeah. actually be able to. Um,
1: no, more, that was just me explaining to the people at home. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. More so, I wanted to ask that question because um, if you are in that position, then that then that also means like. You're literal. I mean, you are literally an employer Mm -hmm. of people in our community. Yeah, and that's That's
1: huge. Yeah, it is. It's wonderful. And um, yeah, we are able to pay people. Lately, it's been it's been tough because there are suddenly now the mainstream is like interested in what queer people are doing or they've started to realize that like our mm. stories go viral and so now um there's a lot of like competition for writers more th- so there used to be and these are companies that have like millions of dollars of venture capital and so a lot of the stories that we used to get we don't get anymore they go to these other places because they have more money than we do and that's really frustrating um because there's always we just have like so many ideas and so many writers we want to work with and like w- definitely like um have a, want to have like a more diverse team and more perspectives. There's just so much we want to do and we don't have the money to do it. And, um, it's frustrating, but I think we do a really good job with what we have, you know,
0: how do you get your revenue? Is it ads?
1: No. (laughs) What is it? Um, 3% of our revenue is from ads. Most of it is from, uh, our membership program, a plus and from camp and from merch. And then a little bit from, affiliate stuff so like if we like recommend a book and the amazon link like we'll give you a person they give us a percentage of what it you know rad it is so yeah so that's where our money comes from not ads we'd like to make more money from advertising i i'm also
0: asking because i'm sure there's gonna be listeners who want to support and i've actually i've bought merch from you
1: mm-hmm. um because How i did you like it yeah i got some like really soft yeah i got like i actually got some like really cool pins oh yeah you have yeah. that les pin mm-hmm. i think we use the picture of got- you and the less, yeah, to the less pins. Yeah, so I've got that. I've got some other pins.
0: Yeah. No, I mean, well, I, it's really important to me to do what I can. Even if it's just like little things to put yeah. my money back into the queer community. Yeah. So I've totally, I've totally bought stuff off your website. Um, and your merch is good. So yeah. that's the other thing is like it's uh actually a win-win. Because yeah. you can like wear a cool t-shirt or wear yeah. a cool sweatshirt or yeah. you have great pins.
1: Yes. And then that money goes to support this. Yeah. And goes back into the community because then mm-hmm. you pay our. You know, whatever. Yeah. And we pay the designer for the pen and yeah. we pay our people with the money we make off of it. And so yeah, everything is going right back. Right back to lesbian queer bisexual women and non-binary people.
0: <laughs> I think it's really important to be like open and and to talk about the ways that yeah. we can um contribute to a queer economy. Yeah. So like I, I love asking those questions and, yeah. and I love giving listeners an opportunity to Mm-hmm. We're, is it just autostraddle.com like, and then you just go to like the merch tab, or is there like a special? I can't remember where
1: I went. Um, in the at the very top, there's usually a banner where yeah. we're like, buy our queer fem tees, or you know, yeah. our like, you know, get your angry lesbian pins at the merch store, and then Great. you can click on it, um, and then we have. But then, also at the top menu, there's I'm gesturing in the air right now, which is very it's useful super on helpful. A podcast. Yeah. Well, I'm looking at it; it's helping me. <laughs> so, in the upper right hand corner, it's like support us, and there's a drop down, and it has like join a plus, mm-hmm. you know, um, buy our merch, shop through the affiliate marketplace, or whatever, um, and s- or just donate directly. Which, um, like last year, um, uh, you know who Jean Cordova is? She was an activist. She started the Lesbian Tide magazine.
0: No, I don't, because I'm doing a bad
1: job <laughs> of being around but I can admit it she's an amazing amazing activist who was very involved in um, all kinds of stuff in the 70s and 80s and continued to be you know for the rest of her life Um, and is just like a badass like butch Latina lesbian writer and wow like shame on me (laughs) and she passed away um, recently and donated a portion of her estate to us holy shit and we would have shut down last year if she hadn't done that because she said that she saw in us like a lot of what she had been trying to do when she was trying to build community through publishing, like oh when she was God. younger, and that she wanted to like help us continue that legacy. And that's one of the most incredible things that's ever happened to me in my life. Did you know? <laughs> Aside from the invention of Easy about that prior to her yeah. death. Okay. And, yeah, she reached out about it. There was wow. paperwork. Yeah. Wow. And she gave, I mean, she gave a a bunch like the Astrea Lesbian Foundation because she started like the Gay and Lesbian Yellow Pages in Los Angeles. Um, I think in the, I want to say 70s or maybe it was 80s, could have been the 90s. Um, I was at home with my headgear on in the 90s, but, uh, (laughs) and that I guess did really well and she invested well and stuff. And so she, and she wanted to give it all back to the community and she did, which is incredible. That's, I can't even imagine a better way.
0: Wow. I, you
1: know. Sierra, can you call my lawyers and get a gay will? <laughs> we And we've had a few people reach up? out to us about Please. that, saying, like, I have, like, a terminal illness or something, and I'd like to in- include autostraddle in my will. And we're like, wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, which is wonderful. I need to have, like, a, I really need to, I mean, a, a, like, a fully gay will. Sierra? Thank you. I just have a Google Doc called, in the event of my death. And it's like, <laughs> burn all my journals. Linnea can be in charge but, of the website. publish it. You publish it
0: first. But publish yeah. no. Publish
1: and then burn. Yeah. From this year, prior to this year, that stuff's fine. <laughs> okay. There's some cute collages in there. Make sure those see the light of day. Anything in the last two years, I didn't mean it. I was very upset when I wrote those things. <laughs> I love all of you. And all of my exes are... Top-notch? Top-notch people who best? never made me feel bad. Best? <laughs> ever. The best? Just the best. Yeah. Just the best. Most. <laughs>
0: This week's episode of Query is sponsored by She Wants It by Jill Soloway, a new memoir of personal transformation and self-discovery, as well as a powerful call to arms to bite back at the status quo. She Wants It follows the gender, sexuality, and identity exploration of director, show creator, and radical Hollywood voice Jill Soloway. Jill Soloway created Transparent. This dynamic, multifaceted journey reveals how Jill Soloway created Transparent, a show that exploded the mainstream ideas about gender, all while discovering their voice as a director, show creator, and activist. Jill's frank and insightful stories take us inside the Me Too movement and its aftermath and speak to the ideas of inclusion, desire, and consent during a profound cultural upheaval that continues to reshape our society. She Wants It by Jill Soloway is out now everywhere books are sold. This week's episode of Query is sponsored by Zola. Zola is reinventing the wedding planning and registry experience to make the happiest moment of a couple's life even happier. From engagement to wedding to decorating your first home, Zola is there, all in the service of love. Zola makes wedding planning easy with a free wedding website, save-the-dates and invitations, a wedding registry, and free, easy-to-use wedding planning tools, so you can conveniently manage everything online and in one place. They've got over 100 beautiful save-the-date and invitation designs for every style. Match your save-the-dates and invitations to a free wedding website that you can easily personalize to make your own. Simplify your wedding planning and save tons of time by registering at Zola. Your Zola registry automatically integrates with your wedding website, so guests get all the details they need and... Your Zola registry automatically integrates into your wedding website so guests can get all the details they need about your special day and how to buy a gift for you because of it. Friends, if you're getting married, do yourself a favor and make something about that easy. It's difficult. All the friends, people you love, one place, and you got to worry about feeding them hot dogs. Well, Zola.com is here to help. Sign up at Zola.com slash query and get 30% off your save the dates and invitations that's Zola dot com, Z O L A dot com slash query to get thirty percent off your save the dates and invitations. Hey, congratulations! Yeah, I, I want to know more about your life because I was hearing, I, you know, I was hearing about little, little you, and you thinking about little you. Uh-huh. Uh, what, what, what did you have when you were a kid that? You know, to be somebody that creates content as Mm -hmm. much as you do and um, did you have anything that spoke to you?
1: That's a good question. I mean, the Babysitter's Club, obviously, sort of a big lesson in entrepreneurship. They Um, were great at having a club. Yeah. They they, babysat so much. They made a shit ton of money. Yeah. And they like did it. It was all women. Uh You know what I mean? That's like the early women's land movement that started by Christy and her lesbian girlfriend, Mallory. Yep. So I loved, I loved the Babysitter's Club. (laughs) What was, I don't, I started, I mean, I started things, I would like direct plays in elementary school. Wow. I was, I I was always trying to get, I, I, am like very socially anxious in general. Like I'm very bad at networking. This is, this was true then. This is true now. Like going into anything where I don't know anyone, I'm super nervous. Um. I don't. I feel like insecure about my ability to like make friends and very basic things like that. But for some reason, I never had a problem. Like I would never call someone and be like, "Do you want to hang out?" But I'd call them and be like, "I just wrote a film and I'm casting for it, and I'd love for you to come audition." Oh, you know? I can really do this. <laughs> what? <So> I, <laughs> what do you mean? What are you talking about? <laughs> so that's so that's what I did. I feel oh. like I'm throwing a state fair in my in my driveway. If anyone has some wares to sell, <laughs> I would sell my art on the sidewalk. A state fair in yeah. your driveway? Yeah.
0: That's was, one of the greatest was, things I've ever heard in
1: my life. Um, I want But it be, was really like, it was, I mean, and we wrote about it in the newspaper that I'd started for my neighborhood. Okay, wait, this is this is so good. I love this so much.
0: My little sister, I have this really creative little sister who yeah. um, was <laughs> like... She was always thinking of, like, the next evolution of things. Yeah. So, like, we, she had a lemonade stand yeah. one, and then, like, that one. well. So yeah. then she... Do you remember those, like, beaded lizards that people used to make? It was, like, they were, like, for keychains
1: or, like, like zipper pulls. It, it doesn't matter. I mean, matter. this sounds like it, it was yeah. part of, like... Yeah, there was a big crafts... crafts yeah, it was, like, a moment. crafts
0: thing, yeah. and it was, like, it was, like, beads, and you make it into a lizard. Yeah. So she uh, just made, like, hundreds of those. Yeah. And then had set up a, be- a beaded lizard stand in our front yard. But, like, wow. straight up, it's not like we lived in... We lived on, like, a, a street that She's, like, not, like, oft-traveled. So yeah. she, like, for sure thought, like, per household that it was going to be, like, a high number mm-hmm. of lizards that, like, each person on the block was going to buy. Because, yeah. like, that was just, like, she had a lot of inventory <laughs> in proportion to the n- amount of street traffic. Yeah. Like, it was for sure mm-hmm. just, like, 20 to 30 yeah. lizards per Per household, per
1: household. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what my. I sometimes I would I would see if my friends would let me set up my art stand, and I'm not I'm not a good artist, on in their, yeah front yard, so that I could get different. What markets. kind of art were you making? It was just pictures I drew. Pictures you drew. Yeah, mostly, newspaper that you. Were yeah, writing. I did a newspaper that was short lived. I started a lot of newspapers, but I came up against a lot of censorship and resistance to put in the time. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I was sort of. So I was like, I was that kid, um, and then. I was usually like best friends with the prettiest girl in school, you know? Sure, so I could be like her Mallory, I guess. Um you were like a like were you like um her like silent her like si- silent No, I was path? like the I was like she was like the queen and I was like the court jester. Oh friend, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Like I was there to make jokes. Uh-huh, yeah. Mm-hmm. That was me. I understand this
0: minion lifestyle. <laughs> I had that life. Yeah. Yeah. It, it had it, ups, it had its had ups a, and downs. You, you had a headgear? That would— I had, Yeah, I did have braces for that, three and a half years. That feels like that fits in there. Oh, I think I had mine for longer. Mine might <laughs> really? have four. Really?
1: I've never known anyone who had it for longer. What?
0: I think I had them from fourth to eighth. Wow. I had I had braces, but, but home fry. I had <laughs> braces, glasses, a bowl cut,
1: I and bowl I also pack, had too.
0: an eye patch that went— under the glasses. Oh, yeah. You've talked about yeah. this before. And, I mean, also yeah. was, like, chubby. And also wore, like, red jeans and, oh, like, God. a William Wegman roller skating <laughs> dog t-shirt. and But was fully just, like, not made fun of. Really? Because I was just very – because I was just, like – That's great. Because r- I was just making a lot of jokes. So you still had friends? Yeah, I had a lot of friends. I think I was, like, kind of – I mean, please, somebody that went to grade school with me that listens <laughs> to this – LGBTQ you know, there's one gr- girl who's podcast. gay now who's like, yeah, Cameron uh, and I were in school Write in and let me know if I have an <laughs> incorrect – Write in. There's no – there's literally no address. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I know the address. Yeah. Uh, you do know the, yeah. the address. We are in a physical place right now. I also know where to park. Yep. Yes. And uh, you can get your parking validated. Yeah. Um, yeah. I have that in my – But, pocket, so. uh, yeah, no, let me know if I rem- if I'm misremembering. But I remember myself being like kind of like – Accepted and fine, like yeah. just like kind of fine for the for the amount of things going on. Yeah, <laughs> that you, you did okay. That I went. That it went yeah. fine. Like I was not like the most popular person. Yeah, but like, how could I have? Been?
1: <laughs> you really made the most of your station.
0: Then when I got to high school, I was like kind of straight up just regular popular. Huh. Like, uh huh, I was because I was like a jock and stuff. Oh, but I mean, wow. I still like. See, I was looked, terrible at sports. I still like looked.
1: You know, I like oh my god. It's I had kind a, of a phase. Thing. Yeah, like I I was very thin and pale and like I grew I got tall really fast, you know, and so I was sort of just like very um awkward awkwardly arranged. Uh-huh. Um, I know you're like you're still thin and pale. That's and not that's what I true. was thinking.
0: I was but. thinking about your pokey bones. <laughs> I was thinking about all the people I knew who were, like, in that category. Yeah, I was never, like, I was never really the thin and pale guy. Yeah.
1: Uh, but I know I know who that person yeah, is. Yeah, I was, like, the I, it's in my brain right last now. person to get her period, you know, oh that, that person. So that was – so I had, like, my awkward face. But I also, like, I went to, like, a school for gifted kids for part of elementary school and and all of middle school. I went to public high school for two years, which was a really, really rough – period of time in my life for a lot of reasons and then I went to boarding school for 2 years for like the arts Went to an arts boarding school, and I was popular there because it was a whole different set of standards. That for seems also, you know what I mean? I do, and that also seems like a lot of moving for a kid, like a lot of different
0: new yeah. groups of friends to make. Yeah, especially which is if great. you're talking about the thing that you're talking about. you are like, I've a hard time making friends, and it's uh-huh. like, well, what if it's a new group of people all the time? Will that help with this? Yeah, uh, and it seems like no,
1: no. Yeah, <laughs> it always took me a while to adjust, sure. like a while to adjust. But it was, I would usually, I, I I'd find one person who was good at being social, mm. and then sort of let them. Promote me, you know? Like, not not yeah. in those direct terms, but, like, they, they – everybody would be like, oh, well, she's friends with Ryan, and he's really cool and funny, so maybe she's also cool and funny. I understand So it's like this. they were my – they the, rep me. Yeah, you're, you're emissary or mm-hmm. whatever. I, yeah. had some, I had some girlfriends that
0: I felt that way about yeah. where I'm like, look, don't pay attention to this, mm-hmm. but,
1: yeah, this thing over here, this person, go ahead and – That's literally been all of my relationships. <laughs> we're, we're like that. We're exactly like that. Like, I was like, you know, this – where I was like they'll, they're, they'll make me seem cooler I think you seem I think you seem very cool Thanks, so I just this is I think just you like, seem really cool too oh my god <laughs> ah, what a sweetheart uh, no
0: but you know well I I also was like I can relate to a lot of stuff that you're talking about too because I was like I was fully a weirdo and just kind of like barreling through I don't yeah. think I I have I am like kind of a shy person but I don't think that I was ever behaving in a way that maybe would have made that seem true Um, And I think that's because I also – my parents didn't give me a lot of um, feedback that I was uh, weird in my expression (laughs) of myself Uh and that I should, like, limit Mm -hmm. that. Right. Um, Instead, they were kind of like, we love this thing. I mean, there were definitely things that my parents, like, did that I need to go to therapy for now. But um, one of them is not, like – Self-expression. For yeah. instance, when I was a child, I was, like, really, really into Robin Hood. Right. And so I would just wear, like, fully my mom's, like, suede boots but scrunched down mm-hmm. at the ankles, which ruined them. Yeah. And um, then also, like, whittle my own bows and arrows yeah. in the backyard <laughs> and then, like, stuff those in my pants, wear it yeah. around. That's and my parents great were just Im- imagination. Yeah, my parents you know? were just, like, we love this about you. This is yeah. so cool. So then I didn't know that I shouldn't also, like, show classmates that right. thing. Right, yeah. So then it was, like, you know, I was, like. Wearing those clothes to school, yeah, kind it, of a thing,
1: right? Yeah, my parents were a little bit like that too. I do want to first note that Robin Hood had a great business model, and <laughs> I appreciate that a lot. Um, and then, secondly, that yeah, my because my mom they were like hippies who then became yuppies, kind of. Um, and so my mom like wanted us to be Huppies. like gender gender Sorry, neutral. That <laughs> was, was a little slow, but I was because I was drinking water. And I remember, like, she let my brother paint his nails and go to school, which obviously didn't go over well. She let me dress like a boy and go to school, which didn't always go over well, you know. And it was this, like, there was no – and I appreciate now what she was trying to do. Like, I definitely do. But at the time, I was like, why didn't she tell me that this wasn't – that these shoes weren't going to work for me? You know? I
0: think if I think about it, because I I do have friends, especially people that are queer, mm-hmm. that that did get that messaging. Yeah, and I will say, um, if there's two options, there literally are like two options mm-hmm. because we're so, because as kids we patrol each other so much, and mm-hmm. also, our, my friends' parents would patrol me. Oh yeah, like yeah. my parents wouldn't give me negative feedback, but then like yeah, my, my friend's, friend's, friends' parents or would like my extended me. family
1: would be like, yeah.
0: put on a dress, right? You know. Um, but I will say, like, I really think. The, the like the best case scenario would just be like, uh oh, what if we just patrolled kids less? Yeah, that would be amazing. yeah, but if that's not gonna happen, it's really like a fork diverging in yellow wood. It's like the option is uh tell your kid what's gonna happen
1: mm-hmm. yeah thus
0: like shaming them for right. that or like maybe it has to happen, yeah, and you don't tell them, but then yeah. you comfort them right I'm glad that I got the don't tell them treatment because I yeah. know folks who got the. Tell them. And yeah. uh, I don't know. That seems more damaging to me.
1: Yeah. No, I think anything where you're telling a kid, it's really delicate, right, when you're young. Anything you're being told, like, keep this to yourself, is going to just well up and then therapy.
0: Yeah. I mean, I wish actually because I've been <laughs> – I'm writing a book. Oh. Um, and so I've been looking at photographs of myself as a child. And um, look, this is – I mean, I know this is a podcast, but you and you and I, <laughs> we're here together. And um, I mean, this is like – Would you like to see a photograph of me on a beach?
1: Yes, please. I would.
0: I'm on a beach. I'm wearing only bikini bottoms. Oh, great! I have an eye patch on, and I'm (laughs) eating a stick.
1: Here you go. Oh wow, this is a cool kid. She's fine. Yeah, she actually is like weirdly fine. Kind of like you think that stick is like a toothpick at a restaurant to get something out of your teeth, and you're trying to get something out of there. Oh, your eye patch was like white or it's flesh.
0: Yeah, it's a Band-Aid White material. So on my skin, yes. Yeah, I was a imagining a pirate pirate nope, type.
1: Not that cool. Oh, it's yeah. a different kind of eye patch. Yeah, um, it does kind of look like. They didn't even, what I'm is not a girl with wearing... an eye patch doing with this stick so close to her eye? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> and also just, I'm not even. They did not even make me wear a top. No, I'm yeah, not wearing my a top. mom my mom didn't didn't make me wear a top either. But so I like, wanted to because I, I was very like, modest. Oh yeah. Um, mm I don't know. I don't know. I had a lot of weird. You know. Weird stuff in my head. Which was what? Um, for some reason, modesty. I think because my mom was so open about stuff. And so oh, I was yeah. sort of like would frame myself in opposition to her. You know what I mean? So you're like this kid. You're
0: super creative. <laughs> uh-huh. You're framing yourself in opposition. You're modest. Yes. Uh, did you know you were
1: a queer person? I did not, know. When did you figure this out? Um, in Well, I— I think I thought I did think like in later high school that sexuality was fluid, right? So all which it is for a lot of people, it's not for a lot of people, but I thought like it's normal like girl for girls it's flowy. So yeah. and that's how everyone feels like everyone would kind of be open to making out with a girl or whatever. Like and I did make was out Was that with, when you were at the performing arts school? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, cool. Coincidence. Um, and I did make out with a girl like my best friend who was the hottest girl in school. And I thought, like, oh, I was into that. Like, she's, I mean, she made the first move, like, and I was like, I was into that because who wouldn't be into her, you know? Like, literally everyone at this school wants to hang out with her. So, of course, I would, too. Where are you, you geographically? I mean? Northern Michigan. Hmm. Yep. Um, Interlaken. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, all of this, yeah, so there was that, but I didn't really think much of it, you know? And I was very heterosexual in, in college, very, like, I dated a frat guy, like, I, um, you where know. Where were you
0: then? where did you go to school?
1: Um, I went to well, I went to Sarah Lawrence for a minute, then I moved to New York City, and then I went back to the University of Michigan because mm-hmm. of in-state tuition. It's yeah. very nice. So I did that. And also so, I'm imagining
0: you being like I was very heterosexual in college. And I, I, dated, went to Sarah and I went to Sarah Lawrence. Yeah. I'm like just yeah. as a yeah, went, as a point of order.
1: <laughs> anyway, but keep going. I went there for a semester and I was like, too many lesbians here, I don't like it. Not enough boys. And then I went back to Michigan and I was very hetero, a very heterosexual person. Um, and then I moved back to New York and around, so I guess I was like 23 or so when I started to be like, I'm going to actively pursue being bisexual. And then, um, you know, a few years later was like, I actually, I'm going to be a lesbian or I made that choice. Like, I think I'm like inherently, if there is, who knows, some sort of biological element to all this, I would say that I am like technically bisexual, but I've chosen to be a lesbian. Oh, that's interesting. What? How? Why?
0: How? What? In what way? You can tell I, me more if you
1: want to. I you just don't. Have don't to. Um, I just want to frame. I want to center women, I guess, in my in my life mm-hmm. and not men. Um, and I mean, I think. Well, you know, not. I guess it's more about not men than women specifically, mm. or not cis men. Um, but I don't know. That's just. That's so interesting. I felt. I don't feel like I can be myself. Like sure, I can. I could have sex with a man and not, and it would be fine. But I don't think I can be fully myself, like emotionally in a relationship with a man or in the world of heterosexuality personally. Yeah, I understand. That's that. just not the world I want to be a part of.
0: Sure. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I think like it's, it's, uh, it really is. It's so personal and it's so much a spectrum. It's, it's really interesting because I always think like, <laughs> I feel like have I talked about this on here before? Like there there have been times in my life if I'm on if I'm on stage and um I I'm like to be very friendly with my audience and yeah. I uh will be like uh talking to a dude in the audience or um, and be complimentary or something in a way that almost could like seem uh flirty. Yeah. And I've had people uh almost act like it's like an insult. Like as if like, well she like she can't tell like whether or not like men are cool. Like I yeah. just mean like
1: she's like got lesbian eyes and like you know whatever yeah um <laughs> lesbian eyes but yeah that's definitely your physical attribute that's the most lesbian is your eyes actually it's my hands but um <laughs> <laughs> but um i can it's weird it's like it's hard to know
0: uh for me sometimes i feel like i'm not totally like i like sure there's dudes i, I think are attractive mm-hmm. um for me it's like n- never could i uh like I think I can imagine sex and then I but I also I don't even know how that would work. Yeah. Like I'm on top, right? And <laughs> you know what I mean? Um but anyway, I but yeah. I it's not like I don't so so it, it helps me to understand other people's mm-hmm. sexuality also being scalable is what I'm saying. Yeah. Is because like I don't experience my sexuality as like some finite thing where it's like yeah. even if I have a type, right. it's not like it's not usually like a like like a physical yeah, right. um, It's yeah, like it's there's a like some emotional energy, yeah. stuff, energy mm-hmm. stuff or like, oh, I'm like into eyes yeah. or whatever. But it's not like I'm into like this shape and color. You know, yeah. like it's like it's so so it, it does make it easy for me to understand that, like, for all of us. We're yeah. experiencing this as like, yeah, a pretty nuanced thing, yeah. which is cool.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I think like and I don't know at this point, it's theoretical. Like, it's very possible that I could try to be with a man again and I would hate it for a million reasons or that like it's just not who I am. I do think like I changed as a person a lot and like as soon as I changed my life to be more centered around like being queer I became happier and more not actually not necessarily happier happiness is a very elusive beast for me but like more um, self-aware and much more confident and much more sure in like who I was and what I wanted than I was before Um, and I think um There was a lot, like, during that period of time also I was a sex worker. And so there was a lot of, um, I think a lot of my evolution was sort of mixed up in that thing when I started to, um, when male attention and, like, men wanting more sexually from me was just, like, such a relentless part of my life, I very much lost interest in having it outside of that paradigm. And I noticed that, like, the girls I worked with who were, um, interested in dating men, had an easier time with a lot of it than I did um, with that element of it than I did. Like they still left the, the day wanting to see more men in a social setting or a romantic setting, whereas I left the day being like, that's it for men for me today. Yeah, I've had enough of the men. Were your clients mostly men, all men, all men? I had there was one female client that they called me in special that day to see the one female client who came. It was it was like her husband I think had like g- gotten this for her but she didn't know what it was until oh, wow. she got there yeah oh that that seems like a Stressful surprise. <laughs> I mean, she she was happy. Okay, okay, but, but it's like on the relationship. Like, I'm like, yeah,
0: I'm, I'm, like, like, I'm like, what's really, going on with you guys?
1: <laughs> you know, I don't. That's yeah. I wouldn't give that. I wouldn't give that gift that way. Right. Yeah. No, um, I wouldn't. I would. I would maybe ask like, Hey, it's just use, something like, a lot into. of information. Yeah. I would give, like, but a ton. it was like he was. So she saw me, and then he saw a girl at the other location that we had or whatever. Huh. Um, but yeah, that we had that one female client, and she might the manager like called me and was like, Hey, we have a woman who's going to come in today. Do you want to come in? do you have time this evening? And I was like, do I have time to massage and erotically simulate a woman for money today? Okay. I'll, I'll make, I'll take i I'll make a minute for that. That
0: part of your life
1: mm-hmm. doing
0: that job, was that something that you like were doing
1: other things at the same time? Like, were you writing? Mm-hmm. Concurrently? Oh yeah. Yeah. That's part of it. Like, you know, I had internships. Um, I worked in publishing and none of these things paid a lot of money. And I was also trying to, like, get my writing career off the ground. I actually, like, I, I went in and out of it for a while. Um, and the last, like, I went officially out of it, I think, a few months after starting Auto Autostraddle. Um, and part of that was because I didn't want one of our business partners at the time to, like, know what I was doing. And I was pretty, like, it was only the past few years I actually started talking about it openly. Um, but because now I guess it feels far enough in the past maybe or I think maybe the stigma has changed. I don't know. Um, but... I think stigma
0: has changed a little
1: bit. A little I mean, bit, but definitely not. not but, but but but
0: yeah. I would say um, like that little bit is also almost like a hundred percent. Like it's like it's <laughs> because it was maybe zero yeah. Uh, yeah. amounts okay to talk about. So maybe yeah. if it's five percent right. okay to talk about, that's still that's still not that's still very a huge. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that's still it's it's both not okay and also yeah. like a huge. Um, it's a very the. XX X, it's yeah. a steep graph mm, yes, yes. is what I'm saying yeah because yeah. <laughs> yeah. even if it's only five yeah. percent
1: or whatever it is but, but um, because of that because I could go in and work a whole uh, like a whole day or a whole night and make like eight hundred dollars that day and then I could afford to do an internship for fifty dollars a week and I could afford to be writing for free and I could afford to be writing my blog for free obviously and I could if I like that was what enabled me to do all these other things that I wanted to do I wouldn't have been able to if I'd had to like do the like a regular office job although to be honest like when i first got to new york i tried to get a job like a normal job or for so long and i first i just had like the worst employment luck ever and i like got fired from like three restaurants it was really bad and so then i was like fine i'm just gonna give hand jobs for money yeah sure and then did so for a while did you but did i was you, also like was this a negative experience debt. for you I'm only Um, asking because you're
0: you're talking about, like, how it impacted your sense of identity or, like, the choices Mm. that you made. Was this a negative experience for you?
1: It was mostly a positive experience. Um, And also I really liked, like, I met really interesting girls through it, you know. Um, And the community that sort of formed up around, like, the girls who I worked with was really great. Um, And it was interesting. Like, it was – the thing is, like, I was a waitress for six years or something, like – And we weren't paid extra to be sexually harassed or to have to like flirt with our managers or to have to flirt with our customers like that was not we weren't paid extra for that. So it was nice to finally be – and I had never really worked anywhere where, like, sexual harassment and, um, like, having to be – By the way, like, statistically
0: we know also <laughs> that that, like, actually translates into real money and tips. Right. And, like, ac- and actual employment. So yes. just saying that as an aside, like, that I fully support you in that moment of knowing yeah. that that's, like, a huge part of working in the service right. industry.
1: It's seeming, like, sexually available yeah. and to seeming sexually attractive. And even part of getting a waitressing job, like, yes. most – and even why I would get these waitressing jobs I wasn't qualified for would largely be on account of what I looked like, Right. right? Um, and how I would present myself when I went in, um, and so like after so many years in the service industry of doing that for a decent amount of money, but not a great amount of money, it was finally like, okay, now I'm actually being paid the amount of money that I should be paid for sort of the, dealing with this type of intera- these types of interactions. Um, and by and large, I mean I I did it. I wanted I did it willingly, and I did it for a long time. Um, but there were definitely I mean there were tons of really negative. Things that happen, you know, and you don't have a lot of like recourse you if a client is like assaults you in some way like there's you can't do anything because it's illegal that you're there to begin with. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, I do. And I do know. <laughs> what you mean.
0: I do know what you mean. It's a it's a profession that is uh, utilized constantly. Yeah. In every city. Mm-hmm. Um and the folks who are doing the work are extremely vulnerable.
1: Yeah, and I was lucky; like I was in a very safe situation comparatively to what a lot of people are in. And also, like with everything's happening now with like Sestra and Foster, as I pronounce it, like that is like going to be just devastating. I think for the sex work industry, it already is. I mean, and also part of what's funny, and I, um, it, so like they're shutting down all these ways that sex workers can can advertise for their services yes. right online, which. Forces them to, you know, find other ways. And also, I don't, I don't even understand how this is going to stop sex trafficking. Because isn't it just going to be harder to find those places too? That's,
0: I think, the argument. I think that the, yeah, I mean, from what I understand, the, the thought is like sort of if you don't see it, it doesn't happen. Kind right. of a thing where actually what it is doing is taking away the um, support services and networks for yeah the people in the that are actually in the most vulnerable position.
1: Places to advertise what you're doing, places to find and screen clients. But you know what still does exist are the fucking review boards because there's like Yelp for sex workers out there. Um, I didn't those, know that, and those still exist. And mm. so then they, those men can sit there and review escorts and talk to each other about whether how much this girl was willing to do or not, and they they're, that's fine. But meanwhile, they can't actually like advertise for themselves anywhere else. And a lot of you can buy advertisements on those review boards, and I, I think not all of them, but most of those are still active, even you know now despite all this. So that's like very bananas. Um, and really upsetting. So I just wanted to say that like, relatively to like what a lot of people are dealing with where I worked was fair, was pretty safe. Um, but yeah, there were definitely like a lot of negative experiences. But I also like I want, like, I do think that I knew that there would be some of that. And I, and I do, in a way, like I consented to the possibility of being traumatized in certain ways. And I don't regret that decision. I think that the trade-off of being able to do the work that I wanted to do, which has now gotten me where I am today and able to do the work with Autostraddle that I do, which I wouldn't have been able to get there otherwise, um, I think was worth it. And sometimes you make those decisions and then you just deal with them, I think. Does that, that make sense?
0: Yeah, it does. I mean, I, I appreciate your like candor and your, and your also... Um that sounds like a very balanced way of looking at this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're. I mean, you're also totally right to acknowledge, like, that uh, the position of, that this is a choice, and like, you know, like those things are not true for everybody. Yeah. And um, also that that you and I are even having this conversation is, I think, really important because <laughs> uh, we, you know, like I just like I just said a second ago, it's like this is. This is like this is wherever you live. Mm-hmm. This is in your city. Mm-hmm. Um and uh and it I mean it's what perhaps one of the silliest things that we do is is pretend that it's not. Like I just yeah. mean that's true for uh the porn that you watch on your phone. Yeah. That's true for literally everything. Mm-hmm. Like those are those are people, they mm-hmm. live places, they live yeah. all around you.
1: Yeah, they and it I mean it was interesting. I'm a writer, so of course like I'm drawn to sort of you know, the underside of things or like what people aren't talking about or what. And so, and I, you know, a lot of the clients were great, you know, and I had great conversations with them and liked spending time with them and stuff like that. Um, and I'm really good at giving massages now. Um, and that's important. <laughs> I also had to walk in heels a lot, which I didn't know how to do. Oh you know, now God. I know how to do that. So, wow. Thank you.
0: And also the website auto
1: straddle. Yes. And also, the <laughs> <laughs> and also the website auto straddle. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
0: Yeah, so I think I didn't know this about your um, about your life, and I and Uh I'm like, yeah, I'm just glad that you told me. Thanks for telling me about your life, Um, Reese. You're 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 so kind to like come in and give me your time today. Thank you so much. And I just want to ask you before I send you back into your life um, for you to shout out a queero, which is like person, place, or thing that uh, made you
1: feel confident in the person you are today. I know you told me at the beginning you were going to ask me this at the end, and I should have been thinking about it.
0: No, you shouldn't have. You should have been present in the moment. You did a great job. You've done everything
1: correctly. There's just, there's, like, a lot of people. I guess if I could maybe just say, like, the generation of, like, lesbian and bisexual women who came before us and really fought for... um, visibility and like started lesbian magazines that lasted for two years um and were willing to put their faces out there and their names out there and like not live very well necessarily um in terms of like socioeconomic comfort in order to kind of like break down a lot of barriers that I think we take for granted now um and obviously Jean Cordova is one of those women um and I think that we – there's so many um, conflicts that we have with prior generations in terms of just a lot of things that have changed with terminology, with, um, you know, different ideas about inclusion and stuff. And I don't feel like there's often enough attention paid to the women who, like – there's – I mean, even the women who really fought – like the women who fought for, you know, trans inclusion and um, and who are like, no, everyone here is too white back then, you know, and we don't um, – and the women of color and the trans women who went into those spaces and, you know – and dealt with ignorant people in order to expand everybody else's minds and make our world like more harmonious and people feel better about themselves i think we don't give them enough credit a lot of the time because instead we're focusing on our differences and a lot of and if we knew one of the weird things about not learning like queer history in school and stuff is especially like as a businesswoman so i read a lot as a businesswoman as i re- i read a lot of stuff about um you know prior lesbian magazines and prior lesbian businesses and stuff like that and like it's just crazy or like this west coast lesbian conference that happened um in the 70s like we do keep having the same intercommunity conflicts over and over and over and over and over again and we never learn about them so we keep like that's why we learn history because if you don't learn your history you're doomed to repeat it right and we are really like we repeat shit I was reading, like, the Dykes to Watch Out
0: for anthology yeah. again for, like, the billionth time a couple months ago. And I was like, this is now. Like, it's yeah. literally, like, all of our issues are mm-hmm. in there. And, um, well, so uh, I think that's – God, I'm so glad that you said that. I totally agree with you. I think part of it is, like, access to power and right. access to, like, indelible um, spaces to save our history. And, yeah. like, I'm so grateful to you for the work that you do because, like th- – I mean, that's the whole point I'm – Doing this podcast yeah. is like to stop that cycle of like we mm-hmm. we we die or we we yeah. age and then we we don't leave anything because yeah. nope because we didn't have a chance to leave anything yeah um, and then I you know I also think another part of it is like especially if you're talking about women um, but you know for every person like we have such a stigma about aging mm-hmm. in this in our culture that yeah. like once somebody is you know over forty and like maybe even over thirty it's mm-hmm. like essentially forget it yeah and so. Um, you know, we don't even talk to our elders and, Mm-mm. and, um, we certainly don't value older, older queer
1: women. And, mm-hmm. um, and I wish there were more spaces for those inner community dialogues, you know? And, and yeah, cause we're gonna, I'm going to be old really. I'm already am old, you know, <laughs> my face is already falling off my face. You know, that's what happens almost 37
0: oh so, my god oh yeah. we're this image when do you turn uh october what you september oh shit you are so much fucking older than me i can't believe that i even can relate to you um i
1: think britney Spears is probably right there between us <laughs> so if you want to think on that i would love I just to think think on give that. a shout out you to know britney like just in Spears. terms of like
0: things people have accomplished in their life yeah. it's like you yeah. me, and then britney right yeah right there number three yeah um Reese, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Yeah, pleasure. Can't wait to read you on the internet. Me too. I can't wait to write me on the internet. Okay, <laughs> bye. <laughs> In She Wants It, Jill Soloway recounts the relationships and moments in their life that have defined them, leading them to explore sexuality, gender, and identity while inspiring their Hollywood success and the television show Transparent. Director, show creator, and activist Jill Soloway's new memoir is a funny and poignant but radical rallying cry to decimate the old systems and topple the patriarchy. She Wants It by Jill Soloway is out now everywhere books are sold.
1: Rachel Bloom You all see my collection of men corpses and one woman
0: Felicia Day and Colton Dunn
1: You've seen me (coughs) have intercourse with a variety of species
0: It's a bummer Andy Daly You have the members of Genesis listed, but Phil Collins has crossed out and then circled and crossed out again
1: Uh, Yes, I have killed Phil Collins twice Thomas Middleditch (laughs) Jesus, I mean (laughs) Jazos, ruler of the Eighth Circle And that's just the beginning Season 3 of Hello from the Magic Tavern is out now